0: Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! once bitten twice shy babe man welcome to the comfortable and chaos podcast i am your host eric helberg man am i once bitten twice shy i think i have been before definitely so but let's take care of our perfunctories Here's what they are at this moment, men. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We recently were advertised on the Sunday Stripped Acoustical Rock Show. That's with Keith Kramer. I've been having some of you great guys reach out to me, and I encourage that. And to handle that volume, we're going to rebuild our website right now. My show's hosted off of a WordPress website. But you can correspond on it. You can correspond on it. The, the website is accessible right from each podcast episode. And it goes right into my domain, erichelberg.com. I'll get your messages. I can correspond. Um, we can set up a time to talk, call. Looks like we have something brewing where I'm going to get an opportunity to visit with a men's group about some of this podcast material. So I'm stoked, man. That lets me know that um, I guess the genesis of this podcast was always, I have felt this way. There's 8 billion people on this planet, perhaps 40 to 50% of them are men. I don't know the actual demographic, but certainly I cannot be alone here. And you know what? No one is ever alone. We're all fallen. We're all perfectly imperfect. We've all adapted and tried many times to the very best of our abilities and are still sometimes left scratching our heads. If I can give you a nudge in the right direction whereby in the past I have gone in the wrong direction, therefore I can say, go this way, my boy. Why in the hell would I not do that? goes back to an old talk show host you've heard me mention before by the name of Michael Savage. He said, if I'm not for me, who will be? And if I am only for me, shame on me. So my job is to construct this newly constructed man and tell you how he put himself back together. And let's build this robot, this tin man, the external structure being strong, maybe aluminum, maybe galvalume, maybe steel, but this tin man's going to have a heart. And dang it, we know the scarecrow could easily, easily be burned. And in life, being burned means getting fooled. So we took his brains. We put him inside the tin man and damn it, that lion from the wizard of Oz was using some really dastardly conditioner because his hair is a mess. I asked my daughter about it and she has her own tangles. Buddy, we got his courage. We're going to stand up and we are going to move forward. And we know on the Comfortable and Chaos podcast, I haven't done this in a while just simply because we've been singing. We know we're like Einstein here with no special talents. We're only passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where are we going to go on this journey? Because the age-old adage, and it is true, biblical or not, and we know that it is, iron sharpens iron. Even if you're just simply listening on a car speaker, And I'm sitting here at my home office. We are sharpening one another. We know we are all artists. The way we live our lives is the expression of our art. Many of us men, and I just did an episode that will drop probably next week, is on gender equality and the men that are busting their balls out there to hold it all together in a role reversal situation. Give them some street cred, men. Women, too. All right, yep, basically what we're doing here, men, is, and you heard the mental segue right there, we've recapped, we've had a lot of material put out, and it has been some lengthy, episodic explanations and breakdowns, um... I was always told, hey, 10, 11 minutes on these podcasts. But when you develop an idea and these ideas and or what we are talking about is multifaceted. Now they're starting to take on 17 to 21, 22 minutes. There's just so much to say. Um, and really, this is more of a recap episode. We had not done this. And. It's no different than when you're excited to talk to someone. And you're excited to talk to someone because there is the free exchange of information. You're not hampered. You're not tied in by convention, uh, subject, and expectation. And we need that as men because life becomes very stale. Lobster all starts to taste like rubber. When you are a good man, I would say even if you are putting yourself as a godly man, you never can attain that. You're working on it, day-to-day working on it. So much of your communication is out of responsibility. It can be at your job can be at your home with your spouse and your kids. So much of it is born out of love. That's sacrificial when you would love to just sit there, maybe brush up on some notes from work, maybe just sit back, have a moment of quiet and garner your thoughts because you've been running from so many different things, but instead you sit and talk. Maybe you're not at your brightest and or your wittiest and or your most effervescent, but you're sitting there. That's sacrificial. That's born out of love. Those are things that we have to do. But those are things that, if we cannot intersperse with the other just described, it pulls you down. It pulls you down week after week, month after month, year after year. And although we are supposedly the, um, I would say, the least demonstrative gender, we still need that. And if you know me, and I'm so thankful that we are getting to know one another because I'm getting comments from people, guys telling me they experienced this, man. They can, they can hang on to that. That's encouraging because that's all this is. I had a buddy of mine, Sam, that helped me get this podcast going. And he said, my podcast is just simply to me 20 years ago. The pitfalls I would have avoided. The enlightenment I would have had at that time. The relationships and or the endeavors I would have pursued that would have helped me in many of my intense times of need. And we all are in need of something, man. And that is where this was born. For me, it was really born out of necessity. I had lost my voice. You heard me do an episode called No Voice. How many of you have lost your voice and are stale, stuck? Whether professionally, whether in your own home, within your extended family. If you have, it's not okay. But it is okay in that you have someone to talk to. We're going to break that down right here because I've lived all those things. So in the genre of communication, where I wanted to go was, are you willing to lose... In order to win. Are you willing to lose. In order to win. Excuse me. Man we could go on a Bible deep dive there. That's the whole essence of Christianity. That no one's getting. You heard one of my episodes. Where I talked about carnal Christians. That's not what I meant. I mean we can go Aesop's fable with this. Whereby. I think it was some type of ball or lump of sugar or something in this deep vase. And the monkey could contort his hand, slip it down into the vase, grab a hold of what it was he desired. But now he had a clenched fist, and he couldn't undo that fist for the life of him, let go in his own mind how to just simply slenderize it, kind of less tension on the fist, pull it out of there and he was gold. He had what he desired and his hand was now free. Or we could have gone where, like Napoleon said, never interrupt your enemy while he is making a mistake. Why would you give those you oppose a heads up so they can in turn do, do harm and or inflict damage upon you? Or we can go full La Cosa Nostra, man. Love Michael Franzese. Used to listen to him on the road all the time. He was part of the Colombo crime family. Um, Took over after his dad was sentenced to the federal pen. He jumped in, started making mint, but of course he had to interact with the other four principal crime families in New York City. One of which was the Notorious Gambino family, headed up at that time by John Gotti. Well... John Gotti, and I've been there too, a victim of my own damn hubris, my own damn self-belief. When you're the Tom Brady, that's, that's pretty extreme. When you are that in an industry that no one knows about, well, maybe you're living the good life, reaping some of those rewards, but when you're so wounded... And you work that way to become something. Shouldn't someone know? Shouldn't someone know? Or is just simply knowing in yourself sufficient enough? Well, now it's sufficient enough. Was it back then? No, I had something to say. You should agree with me. Don't you see the results? Well, for Michael Franzisi. He had already taken that on. He didn't need to look important. He already had that on the street. Of course, that was bestowed upon him by his prominence within that family and who his father was. He only wanted to make money. And if he could do it quiet as a mouse, he would lose himself in order to win. So when they'd sit at their tables and or council meetings... He'd bring up different concepts, discuss different things, solutions. But he would always let John Gotti seize upon an idea, take it as his own, make him feel like he was running with it, and he would always beat him at the negotiation table. And he'd just carry on with his mission, keep making money. John Gotti thought he had thought of it. Well, Francisi and the Columbos were benefiting. That's food for thought. But that's not my message. That's not our message today. Our message today is the free-flowing of information. I'm not flying into Chicago midway, getting on 55 South and running, oh, well, of course, stop on Cicero right there, 50, get my big pizza from Beggar's Pizza, and then jet out to Joliet and or Bolingbrook, Illinois, and I'm going to arrive on scene, be directly on message, We've got parameters that we're going to discuss. I know exactly what to say. If we need to extract information from there and or elaborate on the conversation in order to garner support, build rapport, whatever, done. But it's all within a framework. What we're talking about is if you know me and we're getting to know one another, we're going to go round and round like the periodic table on different subjects, concepts, because... That's where I like to be. That's how I like to find out about you. That's how I want you to find out about me as well. Now, is this appropriate for the marketplace, the workplace? Sure. Depends on um, if it's a male-dominated corporate culture, industry, whatnot. Men can certainly uh, build a scaffold and talk about the Houston Astros, can't they? Hell, they can even talk about the Houston Astros in the boardroom. And it can all go together. But will this work in the boardroom with a group of men and women? Would it work on a scaffold? Albeit uh, as you're building those floors of the scaffold. There may be one lady on the crew in this day and age. Probably not much more. Of course, you will have to take that into account. What I would venture to say is, yes, you can still have these same conversations, but the opposite sex, even if it is not shown, is scratching their proverbial head and thinking to themselves, how is this relevant? How does this help us? Um, What is it that knowing about the Astros can do for us? At the same time, then the two or three ladies get to the side of the room and they start having their own conversations And the men listen to that, and they say to themselves, how is this relevant? How can this help us? What does this have to do with anything? So I guess what it comes down to is the often bastardized word of tolerance. Tolerance. Understanding. Patience. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Well... What I also think the essence of this show is designed to do is to go back to, there was an old saying. It said, God made man, but Samuel Colt made them even. Meaning, back in the Old West, when guys had their six shooters on their right or left hip, depending on, you know, if they're righties or lefties, how they shot, how they shoot, man, it was often times kind of difficult to throw out a, uh, a verbal barb, um, to insult a man, to insult his family, to disparage anyone, even in his sphere of closeness, because. there there had to be an awful lot of control bestowed upon people um, because they had the ability to do deadly harm to these individuals who crossed them. And this was pervasive across the board at every new town, city that sprung up. But did you notice how much more genteel, courteous society seemingly was at that time? hmm, we have some rules that garner communication now. People have to actually take the other into account. Maybe in general conversation, they have to choose not to offend or confuse the other party. Offending the other party is obvious. Making sure that your message is clear and succinct, well... How many times do we speak to people ad nauseum and they don't know what the f- we're even talking about? You might be doing the same thing on this show right now. I hope not. But when you have done what I have done, for example, I said fly into Midway, go to Joliet and Brook. When you're out on the street, and I'm talking any street in America that you could dream of, any that you have seen on the news in any of these cities, any of the rural areas, should an actual news subject come to those areas, I have been out there. And one thing that you do is you learn to be polite. You learn to be respectable, but still Have an aura of, since it's a show for men, if you want to call it masculinity, that's not even the right word. What it is, is command and control. But you can have a conversation with a million different people that are different from you in a million different ways. And you can have opposing viewpoints. But you can still approximate it with a modicum of interest and respect. You don't immediately turn on one another. You want to know why you don't turn on one another? Because if you turned on one another back in Samuel Colt's day, you ended up dead. If you turn on one another out on the streets, you end up dead. Seriously maimed, beat the hell, whatever. You don't go around haphazardly, Mm, without check, saying whatever in God's green earth that you want to say, laced with profanity, laced with insults, laced with slurs, you wouldn't make it. You just would not make it. And I would say in the workplace, you also hold back or you wouldn't have a job. And you probably wouldn't get the next job once the potential employer heard about that. So why is it that you can go out on the street, mix and blend, talk about very difficult issues, and not agree, but also seemingly not offend, accomplish something? The workplace... Still to a certain degree, but not all the way. But what I'm getting at is tier level number three. Why can't we do that at home? Why do we get so frustrated, resentful, angry, hurt? Is it because we're truly not listening? Even the freshest French croissants left out on the counter for a few days, get stale and nasty. But if we can be objective and tolerant in all these other arenas, can't we do it within the confines of our own homes? And my guess is, is if you're having trouble communicating on a subject, and that subject could be anything, It could be extra time spent together as a family, extra time spent together with the kids, extra time spent together with your spouse. It could be sitting and finding out what it is that has meaning for your children who are growing up as you still have a chance to help them develop. It could be sex with your spouse. It could be money. If you have plenty of it, it could be where in the hell to put it. If you don't have enough of it, it could be how in the hell do we get it? Well, my guess is if you're having trouble in the communication realm, believe it or not, you may not have communicated enough on those subjects that are prohibiting you from communicating. I just dropped my mic. So we went all over the place today, man. And I look forward to doing it again. I actually have some hardened subjects coming up. So until next time on the Comfortable in Chaos podcast, I bid you boing voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.